Gossip Legend of the Dark Knight, Season 5, Episode 4, Ruin. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell. And you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites. This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 134, where we're talking about Gotham, Legend of a Dark Knight, season 5, episode 4, Ruin. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. This episode was mental. We joked about it on our top three moments we have over on YouTube, our top three moments of this episode, that we could have had a hundred crazy moments out of this episode. We spoiled it down to three, so go over to our YouTube channel over on uh, YouTube.com, just search Gotham TV Podcast. You can see the three moments that we picked out for the episode that are mental, but it made me so glad we have a podcast to discuss everything that's going on in this episode. Yeah, this was mental to the max, to be honest. Uh, in pure Gotham style yep. it was crazy chaos with some unexpected twists and turns and indeed a wheelchair being pushed out the window. <laughs> but make sure you've obviously watched the episode. This is our spoiler-filled discussion about episode four of season five of Ruin. If you haven't watched it, stop us there, watch it, laugh away, enjoy it, because there's also some crazy moments in there too that you might not be laughing at, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do that over on our website at gothamtvpodcast.com. Uh, just click the subscribe button on any of the options that you have available to you uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, all available to you over on the website. Uh, and you can also, while you're there, you can leave us a voicemail with your thoughts about any of the episodes so far and the season so far. Uh, there's a little send voicemail button to leave your 90 seconds. And John, let me tell you, we've got lots of feedback on the season so far coming up towards the end of this episode. Excellent stuff. Really good to hear from the fans and community of Gotham. But on to our spoiler-filled review. And Derek, mm -hmm. what are some of the episode details for this episode, Ruin? Yeah, we got Nathan Hope back directing this episode. This is his sixth episode. He started back in season one of Gotham on Red Hood back in 2015. Excellent stuff. I absolutely loved Red Hood. I really enjoyed how it blurred the lines of maybe who or what or who could be uh, the Joker mm -hmm. uh, here. And of course, um, that has developed so much um, since then yeah. uh, with Jerome and now Jeremiah. So excellent stuff to have Nathan back on board for this episode. Yeah, and he's also done uh, Follow the White Rabbit. He did oh. Destiny Calling. He did Let Them Eat Pie, the musical mm. episode with uh, Professor Pig doing his song. Well, I have to say Nathan Hope just gets more scrummy as uh -huh. uh, as the list goes on yeah really good stuff to have a director back who's really been on board with gotham i think it really helps yeah yeah and we have two brand new writers to the show and the fifth season excellent yeah. stuff the writers for this episode are james stottero and chad fivish uh, both new writers to gotham they haven't written on the show before this is their first episode but i definitely think they've nailed the tone of gotham haven't they they've obviously been watching the show in the past because they've really nailed it here and um, they have worked on many shows in the past they worked on legend of the seeker and they both got their stars on one tree hill many years ago ah, one of your favorite stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well along with dawson's creek yeah. one tree hill uh, was yes Therapy for the teenage years. You just love that Sick Carolina style, really, don't you? It is. It's weird. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> they have also done some comic book prequel stuff. They've worked over on Krypton for the Sci-Fi Channel. They've done two episodes of Krypton last year. Excellent. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, actually, but I didn't finish it. So yeah. I need to get back into Krypton once Gotham has... Uh, finished out, I think, in yeah. this season. Well, we've definitely been talking about the amount of our shows that are finished now. We've lost pretty much all of our Defenders shows that we cover over in Defenders TV <laughs> podcast. Uh, Gotham finishes up this year. Game of Thrones finishes this year, which we don't cover, but we have been on a podcast about Game of Thrones before as well. So um, so loads of our shows are finishing this year for the final time. So it needs to kind of fill up with other shows that we've missed out or maybe haven't, uh, haven't had the chance to watch in the past. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's certainly a ton of good DC stuff out there, mm -hmm. which hopefully um, should fill in for Gotham when Gotham finally wraps uh, at the end of this season absolutely well speaking of gotham john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode sure 
Jim Gordon and Oswald Cobblepot are forced to work together and alliances are shaken when Lucius, Nigma, and Barbara all have different ideas of the culprit behind the destructive fireball at Haven. At first it's thought to be Oswald, then Victor Zaz is singled out as he protests his innocence. All the while, Lucius has enlisted Ed Nigma to help him follow the evidence. However, Ed is also trying to follow the evidence of what he's been up to as he tries to discover the meaning of the numbers 1215. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Selina Kyle continues her quest for revenge against Jeremiah and manages to track him to the tunnels being dug out by the Soothsayer gang. As she infiltrates the new recruits brought to Jeremiah by Echo, she gets close enough to take her chance and manages to stab him. Elsewhere... An old romance gets a new twist. Oh, yes. So many surprising moments. The new romance was one of our top three shocking points, which we will get on to later on. I know there's one that everybody wants to talk about, but we'll save that one for later on. I want to just kick us off with case note number one. Is Penguin helping in this episode? Because I'm not really too sure. Even by the end of the episode, I'm not really too sure whether Penguin's intention was actually to help. We have some very interesting moments in there. He's certainly trying to help himself here. Uh, he's trying to make the most of this situation. So he comes across as all benevolent. And yes, I'm going to help you out here, Jim. Uh, because, well, I'm just like that. It yeah. kind of comes across. But then in the end, he is the one that is trying to run the show and ultimately get rid of... Victor Zaz, who mm-hmm. we know from the last season, ultimately when the choice was made, he no longer was loyal to Oswald Cobblepot. He yep. made the choice to be with Sophia Falcone and with the Falcones. That's where he originally was. Mm-hmm. That's where he was tied to. And his loyalty seemingly had never moved from that. Certainly when asked to um, give his choice of whether he was Team Oswald or Team Falcone, he certainly went down the Falcone route. So it, yes. it increasingly builds to Penguin really trying to um, nobble Victor Zaz in a puppet court in Gotham, yeah. very reminiscent of The Dark Knight Rises yes, um, Scarecrow. With, with Scarecrow yeah. and the clown court that is set up effectively to nobble uh, anyone who was rich at the time. Yeah, yes. People's justice, I think, is the way it was kind of uh, portrayed in The Dark Knight Rises. Here, again, Penguin is trying to say that it is the people's justice. They have the say here uh, in a baying mob rather than a jury. So, yeah, yeah really, uh, really good stuff Well, here. Penguin's nothing if, if not opportunistic, and if he has the opportunity to take out Victor's ass after, you know, him being left behind by him as he left and went back and joined the Falcons, he's going to take that opportunity. But as I say always, one of the things I love about Gotham is that they do create these moments of, you know, kind of repeated history from the past i suppose they're creating things that you see many times in batman and things that you see in the movies because they're kind of going well you know the reason why they responded to a people's chorus in dark knight rises is because well it's not the first time that someone has stood up in front of them and said we are the people's chorus and we're going to kill and do your will kind of thing um, but just wondering about about penguin and wondering whether he's helping let's get on to case note number two john foxy enigma I think this is one of my favorite team-ups that's in the show. Having Lucius Fox and Ed Nigba working together is always, always fun. It was really good to see because obviously they are both mentally capable of throwing the odd uh, curveball when it comes to riddles, uh-huh. uh, evidence, uh, questions. And I, I really like this how, you know, you could sense the tension between these two characters, but that they were willing to um, try and figure it out, mainly because they both wanted something. Lucius wanted uh, the brain, the, the 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 critical, logical thinking of Ed Nigma mm-hmm. to really find out who it was that had um, taken down Haven in this destructive fireball that effectively, uh, and I suppose what we're really thinking now, propelled rocket-like young Will Thomas uh, to his unfortunate demise. Um, we still still have no word of Will Thomas from the the police forces that are combing through the debris. Um, we certainly don't see him running and jumping like we did at the end of episode two and in episode three. So, um, yes, you know, they're wanting different things. And for Ed Nigma, it is ultimately uh, about this cryptic um, message on his <laughs> hands. And we've seen him being in bins. We've seen him being waking up at the top of uh, roofs. You know, he's he's this time has kind of left himself a clue. It's like, what is it that um, he's doing? 
Yeah, I think next time, possibly a post-it note uh, would be better rather than writing something on his hand uh, that he smudges out because it's not a cryptic message at all. The message itself was actually quite specific. He just rubbed it out because of the sweat on his hands uh, after his night's sleep. So a uh, very funny moment. I do want to quickly just come back because, well, one thing, congratulations, John, you are absolutely right. It was an RPG that blew up yes. uh, Haven, as you guessed. Everyone in Gotham has got an RPG, it seems. <laughs> they are available at request, it seems. We do hear from Barbara later on. There is somebody that does sell RPGs. That's their, the purpose of their job. So uh, I guess that's how they get all the RPGs in the city. But secondly, I have it written in my notes here. Derek was absolutely wrong about Will Thomas, and he's really, really, really sorry. I'm sorry. I just assumed if you've got a cute kid that has the access to the building, he's going to be the one blowing it up because it's Gotham. Totally wrong. My apologies to poor Will Thomas. Yes, it was an RPG to the heating system, and it was the Foxy Enigma that had um, found this out uh-huh. and, and were beginning to look for it. Indeed, Ed was there because he considered the, the number on the palm of his hand, 1215, was an inmate at Blackgate Prison. Yes. And so went to GCPD to try and find the records. But... It, the person that he checked on was deceased. Um, so were they in Arkham? But ultimately, his <laughs> theories weren't panning out. And in the end, um, yes, it turns out that Ed discovers something very different with regards to this number. It is an apartment number. Absolutely. Can I just say I love that line from Ed when he's talking to Lucius and going... So the second smartest person in Gotham wants to use my brain, do they? (laughs) A great little moment of arrogance from Ed Nigma. Really, really good fun. But yes, we have the visit to the apartment. Um, Another wonderful moment from Corey Michael Smith as he makes his way up the 15 flights or so to the top of this building to get to the apartment. And he reaches the top of the stairs and is like... Oh, I hate stairs. (laughs) It's fantastic. We know how you feel, Ed. We totally understand. But ultimately... um he goes there really trying to help Lucius because he sees a woman, yeah. an old woman in the apartment and it's where they found the RPG case and he's like, maybe she saw something. Mm-hmm. And of course she did. And the weird thing is, is that her apartment number is 1215. But what she saw was Ed Enigma firing the RPG. You know, shock, horror, um, deep intake of breath, yeah. gasps all around because it is... Not the Penguin, as Barbara was surmising that it was him and his gangs that were behind it. It wasn't even Victor Zaz, who, you know, was protesting his innocence. And the evidence from Lucius Fox and some of the other uh, people uh, suggested it wasn't either. And indeed, it wasn't even Jeremiah, who I was kind of thinking it might be. um, Really trying to you know put the kibosh on this haven uh, that had been set up uh, in Gotham. It's Ed enigma and the question still remains why we don't really know this yeah. uh, even ed um doesn't fully know why he's done this because i mean we have that great gotham moment where his memory comes back to him after the old lady uh wallops uh, an ornament a metal ornament across his head uh twice and i i just this is a gotham moment oh without a doubt absolute sure without uh, a doubt he, she hits him once and his memory comes back and then she hits him <laughs> a second time and more memories come back i was waiting for ed to turn around and go just hit me one more time i might get all of my memory back <laughs> total total great gotham moment and we also have a brilliant ed Nigma moment uh, this is a reference for those of you not aware this is a reference to batman forever which had jim carrey playing the riddler on the big screen in that movie, his boss, uh, Bruce Wayne, comes in to tell him to not work late, but he does continue to work late in the project he's working on. His manager comes in late at night, finding uh, him working at his desk after being told not to and gets angry at him. Ed uh, basically ties him to a chair and pushes him out the 20, 30th story window, killing him. It's his first kill as Ed Nigma. And in this show here, what we have is our, our Ed Nigma, Corey Michael Smith, does exactly the same thing to the old woman when he finds out that she knows... He's the one that killed, yeah. uh, that blew up Haven. So. It's a lovely little nod yeah. to um, Jim Carrey's Riddler with the the wheelchair push. It also reminds me of Naked Gun as well mm-hmm. with O.J. Simpson going down. <laughs> 
and then flipping out or doing like a triple salco uh, over the edge. I was almost expecting that we were going to see her do some kind of flip no. uh, from uh, the wheelchair as it hits the window, but <laughs> but no, it was just a straight dive down. Yeah, um, I would say if it was at a swimming pool, it would be a bot a dive bomb basically. <laughs> um, so yes, this poor old lady has seen way too much uh, and has been dispatched. Uh, by Enigma after finding out that she had indeed seen everything that went down at Haven. Yes, loads, loads more intrigue with the character of Enigma this season. We're four episodes into the season, seen in pretty much every episode, trying to find out what these memories are and what it is that's causing it. I still have it in my head that this is Lee Tompkins inside his head, is what is still going on here. But now I'm wondering, if it's Lee Tompkins in there... Why would she blow up? Yeah, exactly. If it is her, this is really kind of inconsistent with who she is. She's about Mm. helping people unless they have been, you know, significantly mind altered and and messed about by Professor Strange. Yes, I guess we're going to see more of that in the next episode because we know Professor Strange is back next week. Let's get on to our next point. Yes, case note number three, um, Victor Zaz and the Hail of Bullets. Mm -hmm. I think first off, it's just brilliant to have Victor Zaz back in Gotham. Uh, the just charisma and the, the fun that, uh, Anthony Carrigan plays this character and what he brings to the character in Gotham is always you know, a little bit smart, he's, he's a little bit fun, he's, he's very dangerous, um, and he's always got that kind of cheeky turn to him as he, um, he he's constantly, like like, like a, a mosquito or a wasp, he's constantly pestering the GCPD, <laughs> constantly pestering Jim Gordon, uh, but he just revels in it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the fact that we got this character back in Gotham, and of course played by the great uh, Anthony Carrigan. You know, we are just massive fans of Victor Zaz here at Gotham TV Podcast, and we know that a lot of our listeners are as well. It's just so nice seeing him dish out his one-liners, his his arrogance to the GCPD. You know, they're led by Penguin's men with the GCPD. You see Penguin really um, sort of angry, vehemently angry at Zaz. You know, this is the guy that betrayed him, um to Sophia, you know, put his life on the line. Um, but there are loads of great lines uh, here. So, for example, saying that Avras can do the strip search because he's so handsome. Um, you know, really <laughs> good. Just, you know, he chucks the hail of, of bullets down and then goes to get out of the way of the re- returning bullets from the GCPD and he's just sipping on a on, on a, a cola or something like that from uh, a fast food joint. Now, whether there's any fast food joint that's still uh, operational in <laughs> Chaotic not. Gotham, probably not. Probably but not. the swagger of him is really, really good. Oh, he's fantastic. Anthony Carrigan obviously loves playing this role and does have some great moments here. Uh, interestingly, the line about Alvarez, uh, J.W. Cortez said, while we were live tweeting the other night, J.W. Cortez said that that line was ad-libbed by Anthony Carrigan. And totally understandable that it's that it's one of those lines that made everybody on set laugh. And you have to keep one of those if you get them dropped as brilliantly as they were by Victor Zaz. Really, really cool. Great to see him back. Uh, he's working on a TV show called Barry over on HBO. It's blown up. It's apparently huge in the States uh, on HBO. Doing really, really well. So really lucky that they were able to get him back for an episode of season five. But we all know how much he really enjoys playing this role. Oh, big time. Yeah, it, you can just sense it. And I think yeah. that's why everyone really warms to this evil character i suppose it's like with oswald cobblepot you know you sense the enjoyment that they have in bringing this character to life but you know with this hail of bullets from the gcpd he is eventually brought down Mm -hmm. uh, from a great diving takedown from jim um (laughs) but ultimately it goes to this puppet court uh, you know led by penguin who really is just out to have zaz killed and seemingly through a people's justice. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. It's a baying mob. I thought they had been paid off by Penguin. Right. Um, because even when the evidence comes forward from Lucius that, you know, Victor couldn't have been the person to have destroyed Haven, he had been seen at ground level, yet Lucius and Ed had worked out that the... Um, the RPG had been shot from the top of a roof, so mm-hmm. it could not have been him. Even with that evidence, the the crowd are baying for Zaz to be killed. 
at the insistence of the penguin yeah. uh, here. Yeah, uh, so it's it, like I know you I know we've been calling it p- the people's court effectively, but this is mob justice. That's what's happening big here. Time. Um it's being incited by penguin. You know there are other people in the city of Gotham that are similar to penguin and I've always believed in that. They voted him in as mayor, you know. That's that's what we have in Gotham. Those types of people are around. You know, we hear Jim bemoaning it later on that he's lost a lot of people going over to penguin's side, but those people, you know, they have existed in the city of Gotham. Penguin is very good at getting people on his side. That's what happens here. But I have to say, I absolutely love that we get an amazing speech, a really passionate speech from Jim Gordon in front of the people that are accusing Zaz of this crime and saying to them, you know, if we go down this path, we're not supporting each other and we won't survive as a city if we don't do this. Nobody's coming (laughs) to help us. Nobody's coming to save us. We all have to stand side by side and do this. And there's a pause and then they go... Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. Punish him. <laughs> so good. It's brilliant. And of course, like any great Gotham scene, uh, the weapon of choice picked, um, you know, it, it's not the hangman's noose. No. It, it, it's not the electric chair. It's not just simply a, even a simple bullet to the head or something or a firing squad. Um, no, in comes the guillotine. <laughs> just the, sitting around. You know, you know the French revolutionary's <laughs> weapon of choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't a ducking stool either or something like that, you know. It was just really, really good to um, to, to see some outlandish uh, weapon of death being used to execute Zaz, but it wasn't. I know, and it's one of those ones where you're going, you know, maybe if... Uh, if Oswald had set up in the museum of Gotham, you go, oh, maybe they might have a guillotine in hand. There's no explanation at all for why this is here. It's fantastic. And once again, I will say I'm sure Victor Zaz is very happy with having no hair because literally a whisper's breath between him and that uh, and that guillotine coming down as Jim and Harvey save him and drag him out of the guillotine just in time before he loses his head. Um, he must be very happy that he has no hair. Yeah, definitely. He certainly would have gotten a buzz cut, I think. I think um, so. Yeah. 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 I think the other interesting thing here is that, you know, after Jim and Harvey have broken um, Zaz out from uh, the evil clutches of Penguin, uh, Victor tells them that they'll never win. Um, you know, Gotham is too crazy and, and Jim isn't the right person here to lead this charge to, yeah. to, to win. And it really um, grates with Jim. You can see this craziness come into his eyes and, and to the point where then he goes to challenge Victor to a duel. So, I mean, this is really where Gotham has gone to the 17th century. This is like the guillotine. This is dandies at dawn on, on a <laughs> shootout. Um, but Victor sees this crazy in, in Jim's eyes mm-hmm. and, and really does, um, you know, know for the better that he wouldn't win this. He, he takes the rain check uh, and kind of is like, laters. Yeah, he kind of calls for a rain check and goes, Jim, you look really tired. Maybe we should do this another time. It's really interesting. But yeah, I love that you have, you know, Victor's ass kind of standing up to Jim and going, it doesn't really matter what you do. People like me, bad guys, will be always after the city. You know, it's just underlining once again that Jim can never win. Even in the eyes of the people that he saves and helps, like Victor's as here, he's still going, you know, tomorrow you're still my enemy. You're still the law, and I'm not the law. I'm I'm not to do with order. It's a really good moment, definitely. One of the things I do want to point out about Victor's as, I know that we haven't got an origin story of Victor's as as such in the show. He's always been this kind of character where um, he's the hired gun most of the time. Uh, what we do notice definitely in this episode is he's on his own. Uh, in the past, he's always had some kind of gang or group with him. We had the Zazettes back a couple of seasons ago yeah. uh, who were always hanging around with Victor. This time, he's not got a whole area. In fact, I think in episode one, they drew an area and said Victor's Zaz was there. And I thought it was like all of the other areas where they're surrounded by their followers. Um, what we see here is Victor's Zaz is basically holed up on his own in a warehouse. He's not leading a gang which would be consistent with the comic book version of Victor Zaz. He is on his own all the time. He doesn't have a group of bad guys around him. Yeah, it is really interesting. And and it's a little weird that he doesn't have anyone. I mean, I was thinking, is he still protecting Sophia? Mm. Um, You know, that she didn't manage to get out of Gotham before the bridges were blown up and it was isolated. So... I'm wondering if Sophia is still around because we know that while she had the bullet to the head, yeah, she's still alive. Yes, and Victor's, you know, last choice was to uh, prove and uh, align his allegiance to uh, the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So, 
it could be an interesting thing that we see develop here with Victor Zaz in, in some way yeah. uh, over the, the next few episodes. Uh, or he may pop in again uh, and you see actually that there is something there yeah. uh, that he is uh, leading. And I suspect it would be linked to Sophia Falcone, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to see Sophia back. I must say it would be kind of interesting to have her back in the final season because we know she, she's still alive. Uh, but as you say, I think she was still in hospital when uh, everything went down with No Man's Land. So she most likely would have been evacuated. Um, I think the only reason that Selena and Alfred didn't make it to the hospital before everything went down was because they just didn't get there in time. They weren't actually in the hospital. So we think Sophia has been airlifted out and will hopefully come back to Gotham after everything's resolved in this season. Uh, one final thing on Victor's as I do love his defense to Jim as to why he didn't blow up Haven because he says, well, if I killed that many people, my entire body would be covered in sweet, sweet scars, which is, again, a Victor's as thing. Every kill, he's supposed to make these incisions in his body. Um, it's one of the central parts of what you see in the madness of Victor's as We've never seen him do it on the show. We've never seen his arms, scars all over them like we would have expected. Um, but we're at least getting the reference here from the character saying, I would be covering myself in scars if I had killed all these people. It's an interesting defense. And you kind of see the little smile on his face when he's going, because that's what I've done all my life. You know? yeah. Very cool. yeah. And speaking of scars, I think onto case note four, because mm-hmm. um, again, if Sophia comes back, this would be really interesting as well because <laughs> yep. there is the return of Barbara Keane. Ooh, you yes. know, has she come back or has she not? Is it simply that Gotham is so nuts, so chaotic, so unbelievably crazy that even nutty, crazy Babs, psycho Babs <laughs> from, you know, some of the earlier seasons now looks rational yeah. and sensible uh, with reasonable uh, conversations being had. You know, she even says that Penguin couldn't have done the Haven thing. Why would he have done that? Even he wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, she makes a, a case for Penguin. Now, there's and- a couple of tip-offs in this episode itself, and let's just go- quickly go through them before we get to the absolute craziness that seems to be happening at the end of the episode the episode begins directly after the explosion and and in the aftermath of haven where barbara had penguin dead to rights he had she had a gun pointing directly at his head and she dropped she lowers the gun and walks away she chooses not to kill penguin when she could have killed him because she's kind of going well there's so much other stuff going on it would have been the perfect opportunity, but it feels like it's the turning point for Barbara Keane to change her character back to a little bit more rational because things are so crazy in Gotham. Maybe it's starting to get to her. Maybe it's very difficult to navigate a world in which stuff like this happens every second day. You know, Maybe she's realizing, I should kind of step back from this. Um, we have a later moment when Jim comes to visit her in Sirens and they have a conversation and Babs realizes that Jim has come to confront her thinking that she may have blown up all those families and all those kids at Haven, and she realized maybe she's gone too far. Maybe if Jim thinks that she's capable of things like this, maybe that's an indication that you need to back down a bit. You know, maybe you are going further than you ever thought you were going. So it's, I think it's really interesting seeing this build up in the character throughout the episode. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, she definitely takes a turn here away from um, the revenge that she wanted to do. You know, she, they ultimately come together. Uh, and coalesce Penguin and Barbara uh, with the need to get the the Haven bomber. Yeah, Barbara's being more sincere and genuine than Penguin's ultimately is, turns out to be. Yes, um, and I think uh, it, it is really nice because at the end, then she comes to visit. You know, a, a, a broken Jim Gordon here in the GCPD. Uh, you know, and attempts to apologize to him. But it all ends with a reconnection between these two characters. A big old sloppy kiss ensues. And you're just there going, what? (laughs) Because it's like, can this even happen? Yeah. Should it happen? Will it happen? I mean, what is going to happen here? Will they get back together? Is it just because they're missing company you know barbara has lost tabitha jim effectively uh since leslie Tompkins walked out and and the whole incident with carmine falcone's son mario that you know there has been that awkward distance between leslie and jim yeah so is he missing that that companionship that he that he's always kind of had even though they've been so brittle um and is it actually going to happen? Yeah. Um, it really, it was one of our big 
surprises of this episode as well. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I, and I say that, you know, as being fans of the show for five seasons and knowing that in the comic books, Jim Gordon's wife was called Barbara. I always just thought, well, Barbara's a reasonably normal name. So maybe we'll just have another character called Barbara that he meets and gets married to, you know, because in the comic books, she is a blank slate. She really doesn't have a huge amount of storylines other than being the mother of Barbara Gordon, who becomes Batgirl um, and being the wife of Jim Gordon. This show took that character much earlier on and made her crazier and crazier as the seasons have gone on and kept her in the show when, you know, all of the characters like her could have been easily written out. They've brought her back to life a couple of times. So... I just didn't really expect that she would be potentially back on the table as a love interest for Jim towards the end of the series. But it's interesting if they're going to go that way. Yeah, definitely. I do think we need to see a little bit more of them yeah. building on the relationship because I'm not sure whether you can forgive and forget everything that's happened over those five seasons. Well, she did try and kill him. Dressed in a wedding dress as well. Yes. yes. And Leslie Tompkins. Um, I think she's tried to kill him once or twice before that as well. Yeah, yeah and she's always been slightly in his face you know she she kind of recognizes the inherent contradictions of jim gordon mm-hmm. uh, more than maybe even he does uh, and she is more than willing to point them out yes. at any <laughs> conceivable opportunity when they come face to face whether that's at the gcpd or in the sirens club so yeah there's um a lot of water has gone under that bridge so whether that bridge can still be used is another matter Very entirely true. but yeah be interesting to see uh, how that progresses in the next episode. Yes. But on to our fifth and final case note. Selena stalks her prey. Oh, yes. Right. Everybody obviously wants to talk about this one. This is uh, this is our big moment, I suppose. But let's just quickly take it back, because obviously at the end of last episode, after the confrontation between Selena and Echo, Bruce was left behind in the church locked up with handcuffs. And, you know, this happens many, many times to Batman. He gets... He gets tied up with handcuffs by Selina quite often as well. But he usually breaks out of it. I'm so glad they bring back in a double O Alfred to be able to help him out. Because we get a couple of great scenes. Firstly, Alfred kicking ass again. Always good. Need more of that. We haven't seen him enough this season at all. But I love that he comes in, kicks in the two masked attackers, and then just has this conversation with Bruce where he just looks like a naughty schoolchild where he let Selena Kyle once again get one over on him and tie him up with handcuffs. You know, there's this really perceivable embarrassment in Bruce Wayne where he's going, oh, I know you don't like her, and you know I like her, and you know I'm going to go and help her out. And <laughs> yeah, and look really what happens once again, yeah. and I know, and Alfred still agrees with him and goes, I did tell you, I know what she's like. But let's go and help her one more time until the point when you can no longer help her. Let's keep helping her because that's what you want to do. And it's a really good Batman moment, as Alfred calls himself, the Batsman for Bruce Wayne. It's a really good moment between the two of them. I could not agree with you more. I I think it's great to see Alfred here kicking ass. Really is coming to the rescue. I love the fact that he's smart, you know, despite... um, Bruce trying to hide the fact of how he got into this predicament. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he kind of sees from the lay of the land that it was Selena that has cuffed him here, um, that she's nowhere to be seen to help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, she would have come in already and helped him. It wouldn't be Alfred rescuing exactly. Bruce Wayne. Exactly. So really nicely done. Um, and then, yes, that they, they go on their mission, despite what Alfred thinks of selena um he is there to help and assist with bruce wayne and uh, they head on off to to rescue selena who Mm -hmm. has popped up uh, you know followed the the new recruits that echo has got um and has infiltrated into this whole area where the tunnels are being dug under the river by the soothsayer gang and we do get really nice moment where the the leader from previous episode is dispatched quite clinically by Jeremiah for kind of giving out, really, that it's going to take too long. And he's a bit moany, a bit whiny. And, <laughs> and Jeremiah's kind of like, well, it'll never get done if that's how you're going to approach it. Uh, but unfortunately, he says that after he's sort of scraped a um, a sharp uh, razor across uh, the guy's throat. Yeah. So, yeah, the leader of the Soothsayer Gang 
didn't see that coming. No, no, definitely. Despite being a soothsayer. <laughs> no, he definitely did not see that coming. I don't know how you do, though, with Jeremiah. Even someone like Echo, who's been pretty close to him, doesn't seem to know what the hell he's going to do at all. We see this moment when Echo comes up to tell him about the new recruits that she's arranged for him, and he grabs her by the throat. This abusive relationship that we have in the comic books between Joker and Harley Quinn is continuing here between Echo and Jeremiah, where he is immediately going for violence with her first and because of this bullet that's rattling around inside her brain echo seems to think this is okay they go into their dance you know it's either that or she just doesn't know how you do deal with jeremiah and not get killed which is always the threat with this this character i love having cameron monaghan back on the show he's so good in this part of jeremiah and jerome before and possibly a new character coming up in a couple of episodes. But uh, this one, I love seeing this this Jeremiah back. He's he's crazy. Yeah, I really like this moment between Echo and Jeremiah. It, it really did smack of Harley Quinn and, and the Joker. Mm. And in particular, just the idea that he goes, well, you're certainly going for quality over quantity. There's not many people here, you know, kind of slim pickings. And <laughs> she's like, well, what do you expect with the Russian roulette? Uh, it doesn't leave many uh, left. Uh, but, you know, he, he mentions how she has set that high bar for devotion to yeah. uh, the cult of Jeremiah. And I, I thought that was a really nice um, sort of moment between these two. And it, it certainly links into that abusive but admiring kind of relationship that they they have you know uh, it's I, like you're you're just about crazy enough for me no actually you're the crazy one no i think you're crazy no i think you're yeah, crazy. Exactly. it's kind of like that i think she calls the russian roulette she calls it something like the eight uh the eight millimeter test or something like yeah, that yeah. she calls it very yeah. funny or 35 millimeter test i know nothing about guns as our fellow uh gothamites will attest to so i'm not sure what bullet caliber it was but <laughs> I, I think the great thing is the next time we see echo walking towards jeremiah out comes a knife and he's stabbed two or three times mm. in the gut because it's not Echo. It's Selena Kyle. Yes. And I do really think this is um, kind of interesting because, okay, yes, Jeremiah has just been stabbed. Uh, Jeremiah could be dead here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going, well, what's happened to Echo? Um, d- Selena was on enough of a vengeance trip here. She, Her heart was filled with revenge that... For her, given the fight she's just had with Echo, yeah. Echo conceivably could have been taken out by Selena here. Absolutely. Uh, unless she's just tied her up or handcuffed her or whatever. Yeah. But here we seem to see Jeremiah st- being stabbed, I think, at least three times to the gut uh, before oh, yeah. Bruce and Alfred arrive with a smoke bomb to try and rescue her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A really good, surprising scene. We just didn't expect to see Selena behind that mask. So well played. Again, as you say, having that moment between the characters a couple of scenes beforehand makes you think it's just Echo coming back again. You know, really interestingly. And also what's interesting is I had a conversation with one of our fellow Gothamites over on Twitter quite a while ago, about two or three weeks ago, when we saw that image of Echo behind that Harley Quinn mask. And they were asking, do you think that's Selena Kyle there? Because she has the same color hair behind the mask. And I was going, no, no, not at all. It turned out I was right from that particular image, but in this episode we do have Selena dressed up in the outfit. Interesting, so yeah. Quite an interesting catch there, I thought. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, certainly Selena doesn't want to be rescued by Alfred and Bruce, and there is the feeling that she's not stabbed him enough times yet yeah. uh, to really be sure that um, he's dead. But it is sweet justice that she goes for the stomach uh, in the same way that he shoots her yes. in the stomach. Yes. To- bring about that slow agonizing death but will he be rescued in time himself Mm. jeremiah Um, let's talk about that in one second i just want to quickly compliment the arrival of bruce and alfred where we have that dark passageway and the four or five of jeremiah's men are outside walking into the place and you see each one of them getting taken out one at a time definitely bruce on one side alfred on the other doing the batman takedown each of them which i think is awesome that's like as if This is something that Alfred may have trained Bruce to do. The Batman takedown. Very, very cool. Um, But yes, let's obviously return to the big question at the end of this episode. Got to weigh in on it. We do a podcast about this, so we got to weigh in on it. Is Jeremiah dead? No. Was this Jeremiah? No. (laughs) When will we see him back? Don't know. Uh, Is the character Joker that's coming back in a couple of episodes time? Could be. 
<laughs> loads and loads yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah, let's quickly talk about it. So obviously, Je- Death of Jeremiah, there's a couple of options here. This could be somebody else made up to look like Jeremiah. He doesn't have a huge amount of lines and he does sound quite different in this episode than we've seen Jeremiah sound in the past. But that is to do with the craziness and it is to do with the poison that was given to him by Jerome to turn him into this character from the safe, normal um, engineer that he was back last season. We haven't seen a huge amount of Jeremiah as such. We've only seen Jeremiah, I think, in about five or six episodes total. We've seen Jerome for four seasons, but this guy we've only seen for five or six episodes. So we're not really too sure who he is. And there is a moment just after he kills the head of the soothsayers where it pans to somebody who has quite a similar facial structure, but he's underneath a helmet and goggles. And it does make me wonder whether Jeremiah had set this whole thing up to hide Maybe. his actual location, you know? I think it's difficult to know. I, I kind of feel that Jeremiah probably is still alive in some form or another. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because he's been saved uh, in time from the wounds yes. or yep. whether... It was only a couple some... of seconds while he was on the floor after being sad before it went to the next scene, before Bruce and Alfred took Selina out of there. So there wasn't enough time to check the pulse to see if he was still alive from the exactly. wounds. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some doppelganger that, you know, he's employed Professor Strange and there's some kind of doppelganger uh, there that he's using to kind of... Uh, keep himself safe because it is literally you know the first time we've seen jeremiah and then he's killed off Mm -hmm. or whether like that clone back from uh from indian hill back in season two yeah exactly or whether jeremiah is dead you know long live the we can say it we know it's coming this season we know we're gonna get joker at some point just like we're gonna get batman in this season we're going to get a joker if you're going to get a Joker and you've done all this work with Cameron Monaghan to set him up as Jeremiah and as Jerome in the past, well, sadly, you're going to have to kill off Jeremiah so that you can have the Joker, I guess, is the way they're going to have it. So Gotham is going to have Cameron Monaghan back again, hopefully this time playing Joker and calling himself Joker from the beginning, um, which will be interesting. But there's loads of theories. The episode ended where it did purely so we can talk about it like this for a week until we find out what happens next week and whether Jeremiah's in that one, or we have to wait three or four episodes to find the re- resolution of this particular moment for Selena. But what's certain is Selena thinks that she's got her revenge on Jeremiah. Definitely. So how's that going to change Selena, a murderer now in the eyes of Bruce and Alfred? She's taken her revenge and killed Jeremiah, something that they wouldn't do. So Will that relieve them? Will that change the relationship between all of them? How how are they going to all interact together? That's something that I'm intrigued about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am looking forward to the next episode of Gotham for sure, mm-hmm. where this roller coaster ride will continue. Definitely, definitely. We think we have at least uh, one more episode before the breakout. We have, I think, episode five and six, and then we go on break for a week, I think. Um, so we'll definitely have another good discussion next week about these that is it for our case notes for this episode i've already talked about the notes um which was the wonderful scars from victor zaz a reference to his comic book character uh, what got a moment of the week well obviously the death of jeremiah has to be the biggest moment of the episode but what's a gotham moment of the week john i think it's certainly the opening shot of burning teddy bear uh, to be honest <laughs> has to be a, a suitable gotham moment yeah the guillotine being brought in as the weapon of choice to execute victor zaz and of course there is the old woman being pushed out <laughs> of the window by ed uh, in reference to uh Jim Carrey's performance uh, as the Riddler True in Gotham one of the style. films. So, yeah, you know, there were some really good moments here yeah. uh, as well. I think in terms of for character of the week, yeah. um, you've got to acknowledge Victor Zaz uh, as a character of the week. Such a great reoccurring character. I can't wait for the Mad Hatter to come back Absolutely. as well. Um, I'm hoping we get to see him. I agree with you. Seeing some of these big characters coming back for this season, we've got to acknowledge that Victor Zaz because he's so good when he's on screen. He always has been right back from season one. The first time we saw him, loved the character. And you've also got to think, maybe this is the last time we're going to see Victor Zaz on the show. You know, he's got a very big show going on on HBO, so they may have only gotten him over for one episode to film this particular moment and that's why he's got such a big episode in here but yeah totally want to see all of the other characters back here for at least the last season going to see the Mad Hatter hopefully later on in the season hopefully we're going to see Firefly and 
uh, Mr. Freeze battling it out up in the north end of Gotham where we know they have the territory. So hopefully that was a setup that we're going to see them back uh, for at least an episode later on in the season. And loads more people I want to see back. Hell, I want to see Two-Face coming into this season. I want to see Harvey Dent coming back for an episode. You know, I want to see Matoy and Alan coming back for Absolutely. an episode. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking as well, maybe Clayface. We know Clayface exists. And of course, maybe that's who Jeremiah was. Mm. It, it was to draw, you know, the fire from the real Jeremiah. Yes. Oh, nice rhyming there, John. You've obviously been watching a lot of, uh, of Gotham. Very good. Very good. That's it for our characters and moments of the week. John, how would you rate this episode? I give this four and a half burning teddies out of five. Nice. I think the half is important here because of the destroyed teddy bear. I think you need <laughs> half... Uh, a burning teddy bear here. Nice. I, I really like this. I, I think it really moved it on. It brought a lot of um, interesting uh, aspects here, in particular around Enigma. Loved him teaming up with Lucius Fox and that tension there. I loved the, the romantic tension between uh, Jim and Barbara and mm-hmm. certainly that snog fest <laughs> going on between the two. So what is going to be the implication of that? You know, really looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Alfred's back. Yes. Alfred and Bruce are teamed back up again. We see the death of Jeremiah, or is it? <laughs> you know, there's just so much. This is so frenetic as a show. Yeah. But it, it gives you no time to breathe, but it's always fulfilling. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I, I think a lot goes on here. It's great to have Zaz back, obviously. Um it really just goes at a rate of knots here. I agree um, with you. I think this episode was a bit heavily weighted towards the back end of the episode. It was it was a lot of setup at the beginning, but all of the payoff at the end. Like so much going on for that last twenty five minutes of a forty minute episode. Like, you know, the back end of it was just revelation after revelation, surprise after surprise, death. Murder, everything going on. <laughs> That's it. The, the yeah. big, you know, Ed Nigma is responsible for the destruction of Haven. Yeah. Um, he is responsible for pushing an old lady out of her, the window in a wheelchair. Yep. It, it is like, what is going on here? <laughs> and um, what's going to happen next? Exactly. So I cannot wait. And that's why I give it a really high score because this is good fun, good acting. Uh, and just great rapid storytelling, which I think, obviously, knowing that we're coming to a hard stop here is yeah. really, really good. <laughs> I just want to see more, actually. Absolutely. Uh, and that's uh, that's the thing about it. So, yeah, great uh, episode of Gotham. Excellent, John. Excellent. And I totally agree with your rating on that. Well, time for us to take a little bit of a breather while we hear some feedback from our fellow Gothamites. First up, a voicemail left over on our website at gothamtvpodcast.com. Unfortunately, the person who left the voicemail didn't leave their name, so we're going to have to call them Unknown Gothamite for this episode. An yes. unknown Gothamite is always a scary Gothamite, though. <laughs> Anon. We'll call him Anon. Anon. Yes, good. Will Bruce ever become Batman is my question. And last question is, why are they discontinuing Gotham? I mean, it's such a good TV show. Anyways, feel free to get back to me. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for the voicemail. If you want to leave us a voicemail, obviously pop on over to our website at gothamtvpodcast.com and record your thoughts up to 90 seconds. I wish you'd left your name so it'd be easier to refer exactly who it is we're talking to. Uh, first up, we know for a fact, actually, um, Bruce Wayne will become Batman in this show. Uh, we believe it's actually going to happen in episode 10, which makes us question what's going to happen in the other two episodes. It makes even more exciting what we're going to see towards the end of the season. But yes, we are absolutely certain we will see Bruce Wayne as Batman in this season of Gotham. Why are they cancelling Gotham? We've never talked about it on the podcast, John. Really. No, that is true. Actually, we've yeah. talked about it a hundred times off air and on Twitter and on Facebook. We've talked about it quite a lot. Um, lots of reasons. I suppose the big thing to remember is Gotham was effectively cancelled at the end of season four and an opportunity came back up to renew Gotham for a fifth and final season, which is the position that Fox have always taken on this show. Um, It actually has gotten a lot more support considering the actual viewers that watch this show live. Um, It is watched overall over long periods of time. It's watched by a lot of people. But Fox is a commercial station which is based on people watching the show live and buying stuff from their advertisers and all of that kind of stuff. And Gotham's never been hugely successful in the position that fox put it in on a thursday night at 8 to 9 p.m it's never been hugely successful in that in that role there um which unfortunately means that it's always been on the path for cancellation and 
by the end of season four, loads of stuff in the back background and Fox going on that led to them cancelling a lot of TV shows. And we heard from the cast when we spoke to them at, at Heroesville and FanFest that they all thought that this was the end of the show, that it just hadn't been announced. Um, they had all been told that most likely season four was the end. And if you listen to our podcast for the last couple of episodes, we spoke to David Mazous about this. They all felt that the end of season four was not the way they wanted to finish Gotham as a TV show. And they were given the opportunity to get 12 more episodes, which now will allow them to tell that closing out story for Gotham. So I suppose celebrate the fact that we've got a final season. It is terrible that it, that it's over because yeah. we're loving the show. You can hear it when we're talking about the on the podcast. We're really loving yeah, the show. Yeah, absolutely. But it is sad that it has to end. Some shows don't ever get this kind of ending where they're told, you've got 12 episodes, wrap it up the way you want to because it's a prequel story. It's never going to be a Batman TV show going on for 30 years. That was never the remit of the show. So I think they're really happy that they get this opportunity. We're all sad it's going to be going, but 100 episodes of a TV show is still hugely something to celebrate. Not a lot of shows get that. No, they don't. I mean, it is. It's one of those things. um, Why is it getting cancelled? Because it's really gotten into a groove. I mean, it's always had solid writing, Mm -hmm. performances and all that, but there's just something that clicked with the balance of what they were doing. Um, and I, I think that was great for the fans and is great for the fans. Yeah. I think the thing is for um, a lot of people coming in at the start, you know, you saw seven and a half, eight million viewers per episode. And that's gradually gone down to two million. Uh, and that ultimately for any commercial TV station um, will become a factor. Yeah. Um, and that's the simple reality that behind this is is a commercial business that will look at that and so it 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 does feel a shame but i do think um that we should definitely rejoice that they can send it off in a way that isn't it just being simply cut and the rug being pulled from underneath their Mm -hmm. feet at the end of season four which is what the cast seemed to suggest it felt like was that they didn't finish the tale and this season five allows them to finish the tale uh so that it'll be interesting but i agree it's a great show um and i would love to see another two or three four seasons uh you know whether any show can go on indefinitely you know it is ask supernatural or all the cw yeah that's true actually but also remember just one thing to say about you know people talk about the cw shows which are on like season six and seven for arrow and, and flash that kind of stuff those shows are like 25 episode seasons And they're made on quite a cheap budget because five shows are made in Vancouver, all using similar sets. And, you know, the actors can cross over with each other, that kind of stuff. Gotham's made in New York and on a very high production budget. Like it's it's around a couple of million, I think, um, for each episode was where it was what it was spending in the first season. And over the seasons, because Fox has had to claim back money off the production budget because it wasn't getting it into the advertising budget. You saw it kind of close ranks a bit. You saw it go indoors. You saw it feeling a bit more. Um, a bit less high production in a couple of episodes yeah, that we're definitely. going on. Yeah. And I think this season, you've probably noticed it, that we're getting a lot more outdoor work again uh, with this final season of 12 episodes. So it feels like we're getting a bit more budget pushed back into this 12-episode season as well, which can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you so much for the voicemail, yes. uh, our anonymous friend indeed. Thanks so much. We also have an email in from an old Gothamite friend, Dylan Mayer who sends an email to us saying, Hello again, gents. Glad to hear y'all talking Gotham again. As I've caught up with the show and your podcast, I love the new format, the intro with David. Uh, Before you talk about the episode, is really exciting to hear. I really missed watching the episodes of Gotham and taking mental notes as to what my favourite characters and one-liners are. So to switch into that mode, I think y'all were spot on last week with Olga being the absolute best. Truly unexpected. And I hope we get another scene with her in a similar moment in the future and still supporting Oswald Cobblepot. Take care and thanks for all of what you do all the best dylan thanks dylan great to hear from you again mate yeah absolutely dylan thank you so much for uh that really nice feedback it's really good to hear from you um certainly olga was a treat uh last <laughs> week i think a lot of these supporting characters that come in maybe just once or are reoccurring uh but only have small roles yeah. like olga like mr penn you know really are some of the lifeblood of Gotham because they dance around the Jim Gordons, yeah. the Bruce Waynes really nicely. Uh, and, and I think they really add something special to the dynamic of this show. Absolutely. And as we've always said, the show is called Gotham. It's not called 
Jim Gordon or Bruce Wayne because it's about the city of Gotham and the amount of crazy people that are there and what leads it to becoming the Gotham that we know and love. You know, we even remember giving one of our uh, Gotham characters of the week to a pharmacist that was in an episode because he fought with Poison Ivy over the uh, over the drugs she was trying to steal from him. There's some great just background characters in here and some great supporting characters are in there very regularly as well. It's great to see Olga in the episode. It was great to have her have that moment. If you only have 12 episodes of a show back, it's great to give a little bit of, of moments to characters that have been on the show uh, before. So really great to see you back and great to see you, Dylan. Hope you keep up with the season as we go through. John, some feedback from Facebook. Yeah, we got some feedback for episode two on Facebook. Dylan Exner goes, I'm surprised you didn't mention that the Wong Gang is a reference to the Schumacher movies. Mm. Yes, I think this is about the Day of the Dead gang that looked very similar to uh, one of the gangs from the movie Batman Forever. Um, yeah, it was a good call there, Dylan. It's not something I had spotted, yeah. uh, to be honest. I think I was calling them the the dead face gang or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but certainly it's a nice little nod there to the, the movies, which I think this season so far seems to be doing that quite a bit. Two nods to Batman forever in, uh, in this season so far. Very interesting. I must admit the Schumacher movies were never, never my favorites. I always loved what uh, was happening in Batman. And then I've watched Batman returns recently and it doesn't actually hold up as well as the original Batman movie with Jack Nicholson did. Um, and then once it got into the further adventures of uh, Val Kilmer's Batman and into George Clooney's Batman, I wasn't as interested. So I've probably only seen Batman Forever maybe twice or three times. And Batman and Robin, I know for a fact I've seen it twice and both times I really disliked it. So they are definitely ones that don't come to mind immediately when someone <laughs> references them in, in movies and TV shows. But thanks so much for telling us, Dylan. And make sure you point out anything that we may have missed. That's what we love about our fellow Gothamites. So thanks so much for that. Also on Facebook for episode three, last episode from last week, Caroline Wells says, my thoughts about the episode? No, Mr. Penn. No. And also, puppy. <laughs> Poor Mr. Penn. I know he's upset a lot of people uh, with the passing of Mr. Penn in the last episode, but I guess the smile came back in your face when we saw Edward, the puppy. Also, Patrick Lemke totally agrees. He says that was so upsetting. I absolutely loved Mr. Penn. Yes, I think we all did, Caroline and Patrick. It was uh, definitely sad to see Mr. Penn go, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. I hope you've checked out the uh, interview that we did with Andrew Sullen, who played Mr. Penn on, on the show. Uh, we've getting great feedback from those who've listened to it, saying that it's a really interesting interview. And I think it's one of the best interviews we've done, to be honest, on Gotham, because we got a good long period of time with Andrew Sullen, got to actually chat to him about some big moments. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to Andrew again in the future. Yeah, Sam Bacter says, great episode. One of the parts that I liked was when Selena took down the mutant leader. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Your theory regarding Will Thomas and the explosion was interesting. I was actually thinking during the episode that he might be the future Robin in this Batman universe. Ah, nice, nice call. That's a really interesting theory, Sam. Is, uh, I mean, I actually hope that Will is still alive, to be honest, yeah. just so that he can potentially be a future Robin. I think that would be really nice. Um, that's a, yeah, it's a really interesting theory, Sam. Thanks very much. Much, much more um, likely, I guess, than my theory that he was the one that said the explosion. I'm sorry again. I'm really sorry. I just have a bit of distrust for uh, for children in shows like this. Yeah, and I'm still looking back through the old footage to make sure that we, you know, did we see him rocketeering uh, through <laughs> the air uh, after, obviously, the RPG attack by Ed Nigma. I see, there are quite a few survivors. I was hoping that we would see Will uh, amongst the survivors that we saw in this episode back in the GCPD, but unfortunately, no. Yeah, on episode four, uh, over on Facebook, Charlotte Bain says... Ed, his other side is doing some heinous crimes. Oh. I was happy he and Lucius were solving crime together. Wow. Zaz, love his sarcasm. <laughs> Jim was going to shoot it out. Zaz backed down. He needed to. Jim saved Zaz from the Bastille-style execution. <laughs> Harvey had to give Jim some sound advice. Mm -hmm. Love, love, 007 Alfred. Saved the day by shooting that dude before Bruce got shot. And Selena, I love her revenge, even though it was a bloodlust. Poor thing. Then there's Jim and Barbara. Sometimes those exes do it to you, mm -hmm. lol. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed. Fantastic episode. Thank you, Charlotte, for the feedback. Yes, there's a lot packed into this episode, as there usually is for Gotham yeah. episodes. Zaz, fantastic. 007, Alfred, fantastic. 
crazy Jim and Barbara, probably doing something that they're going to regret the next day. And maybe Jim will take up smoking again. Who knows? <laughs> um, but certainly a fantastic episode. Yes, thanks so much, Charlotte. Uh, Patrick Lemke on this episode says, I almost think Jeremiah found his brother's Indian Hill clone and dressed him up to fool Selena. It would make sense and put to rest that universally reviled clone theory. Jeremiah is always two steps ahead. That's a very interesting one, Patrick. Yes, similar to my thinking about the clone being involved somehow. I do like the idea of the clone being the one that got killed so that we don't have to talk about the clone ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Tisha Branchcomb, uh, Riddler agreed. Jimbo was crazy tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm dying to see what's up with Jeremiah and where is Echo? Ooh, yeah, yeah, indeed. It the The fact that Selena knifed Jeremiah wearing Echo's gear, it just immediately asks the question, where is Echo? What has Selena done to Echo? Is she tied up, locked down, or has she too been at the mercy of Selena Kyle? Um, and yes, Jimbo, he had crazy in his eyes tonight, and I think Zaz uh, did the right thing here uh, in this episode. So yeah, thanks, Tisha, uh, for those comments. Absolutely. And just one piece of feedback from um, Charlotte Bain over on our YouTube channel just about uh, the top three WTF moments from this episode. Uh, Charlotte says, guys, what if it's all an hallucination? She took that ivy pill. She's obsessed with getting revenge. Maybe it was someone else. Jeremiah is insanely intelligent. It might be a setup. Ed was funny, though. I'm sorry about the old lady. Uh, Professor Strange did some experiments on him. Babs and Jim, I knew they'd do it. I don't think I did, though, to be <laughs> honest. I really thought Babs and Jim was uh, dead as a dead dodo. Mm -hmm. um, but alas... Passion stirs in the GCPD under a full moon. <laughs> it's it's very interesting and very shocking. But thanks so much for that, Charlotte. Uh, John, do you want to take our final piece of feedback? Yeah, we got an email through from Claire Payne. Mm -hmm. uh, Claire goes, guys, I can't believe we are already on episode four of 12. So much has happened. Episode one, year zero, was a brilliant start to the season. And I love the time jumps. The opening scene with Jim, Penguin, Riddler and Harvey was such a surprise as I felt in the trailers they were showing us something for a future episode. Mm. Episode 2, Trespassers, was a great continuation. It's not an episode I would put in my top 10, but I loved continual discovery of the gangs and, of course, the witch. Mm -hmm. I also felt it took Jim and Harvey into areas they have not visited since Gotham became an island. Episode 3, Penguin, Our Hero. I loved this episode within the first 30 seconds. <laughs> the Gertrude Capelport Memorial Choir really was a touch of genius. Mm -hmm. Losing Mr. Penn was so sad, but after listening to your interview with Andrew Sellen, I could see why the decision was made for the character. Selina has become the Catwoman. I hope to see. Her natural revenge on Jeremiah is so good to watch as she hunts him down. Pretty gruesome scenes with the brilliant Echo. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, very brutal last episode. Yeah, it really, it really is, Claire. I mean, thank you for the, the three-episode uh, feedback. It, it's really uh, good. And, yeah, so much has happened. Claire continues with, let's get back to this week's episode, Ruin. To start with, I loved your theories on who possibly could of blown up the helicopter, Haven, and what could be happening to Ed. Ed's story this season is a huge riddle itself. It feels like Curry has been given a free reign with his physical acting. Yes. I can't wait to find out what Professor Strange did to Nigma at the end of season four. Mm. Lucius Fox is my character of the week. He may be the second cleverest man in Gotham, <laughs> but he knows how to negotiate. How Ed and Lucius worked out what explosives blew up Haven was a great team-up. Mm -hmm. Ed being responsible didn't fall into place with me until the old lady refused to let him in her apartment. <laughs> there was a great line from Harvey in this episode to Penguin. So you're like St. Nick on Christmas morning. And for once, there was no strings attached by Oswald for the weapons. Maybe Mr. Penn's last words have had lasting effect on Oswald. Uh, Penguin's confidence and actions are very different, and I like it. He's certainly heading towards being a supervillain. Actually, he's probably already there. He probably is, actually, yeah. But there is a very weird thing with that moment. I know when we were watching the episode, Jim's talking to Barbara and gets a phone call or a walkie-talkie call from um, 
Harvey saying, come back to the station, there's some re- something really important going on. And you have Penguin standing there with all of his men surrounding him, <laughs> yeah. their guns pointed at the GCPD. And then when Jim arrives, Penguin goes, and here are all of our guns and all of our men for you guys to work. And all I could think of was, so for the last 15 minutes at the minimum, or the last four or five hours, because Harvey went to visit Barbara and it took him ages to get back last time, They've just been standing there with yeah. guns pointed at Harvey <laughs> Absolutely. when they were going to work with him. Yeah. It's like, that's really harsh. <laughs> but they needed Jim to see that they were handing over the guns, I guess. But it just seemed like a really harsh thing to do. That just it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think the Penguin is probably already there with regards to being a supervillain, so. um, for sure. Um, Claire continues, Barbara seems to have got some of her conscience back since episode two. She is on a vengeance to kill Penguin, but it's great to see her helping Jim and Harvey. Mm. Jim has become one of my favorite characters this season. I really like how he is trying to take on a massive situation and showing the frustration when the government won't help. Oh, that's such a good thing to hear. I know that Jim is one of those characters that gets a little bit maligned because he's the straight man in a city of craziness. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. I think we've seen a very different side of Jim this season. And a lot of people are helping and a lot of people are putting a lot of pressure on him as well. So seeing those sides is making him really interesting to watch this season. Yeah. The strength of all these characters in this final season is so good to watch, says Claire. I would like a bit more Alfred, Mm -hmm. but I know his moments will come. But most importantly, he is there for Bruce. Finally, was that the real Jeremiah that Selina killed? As always, Gotham ends each episode with us all wondering what is going to happen next. Mm -hmm. I would add to that, Claire, wondering what the hell is going to happen next, uh, for sure. (laughs) It is certainly... Uh, that roller coaster ride for sure um and in, i'm enjoying it like y- yourself so so much so thank you so much for all that wonderful feedback claire absolutely yeah i'd also love to see some more of alfred champert who's one of our favorite characters on the show so an episode without him always feels a little different in gotham it's great to have him back and you always wonder with actors especially when a show gets very belatedly renewed like Gotham was. It was very much the 11th hour when it was brought back. You always wonder, had he moved on to another project or had he had something else in mind or something else lined up that he couldn't be there for the first couple of episodes? But we know he has some huge moments coming up for the rest of the season, so hopefully we're going to see a lot more Sean Percy on the show. Thanks so much, Claire, and thanks to everybody else who sent us in your feedback for this episode. Please keep it coming into us. Talk about any of the episodes that have gone past so far. You can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Go to the website, gothamtvpodcast.com com and record your thoughts or hey join us over on the facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gotham tv podcast and we'll put up a spoiler post where you can leave any of your thoughts if you want us to read them out on the podcast thanks so much for joining us for this episode of gotham season five legend of the dark knight we'll be back with episode five next week which is pena Duro. do you recognize the name pena Duro at all john no i don't what is pena Duro? Well, it's the prison where Bane was born in the comic books. So I think we're going to be seeing Bane very soon in this season of Gotham. Ah, interesting. Indeed, yes. Bane will be here in Gotham. Yes, coming up in the next couple of episodes. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow Gothamites. Please continue to come back to us. And please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already uh, over at Gotham TV Podcast. Thank you, fellow Gothamites, so much for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I have an old lady I have to dispatch of, um, because (laughs) otherwise she'll blow my cover. But once it's all sorted out and I'm back in the clear again, uh, we'll be back to speak with you again soon. Bye. Bye. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.